0: Hey, we're just trying to fix cars and share what's inside my head before I forget the rest of it and um, tell you what's going on and how to resolve that thing in the driveway you call an automobile that we call Oh Boy. It's got a leaky carburetor. Doctor tomorrow, Cleveland, one and nine. That's the prediction. I, I can't stand I, you right now. I, 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 I've, I've consulted, I've consulted the crystal ball. Welcome
1: to the radio home of Ron and Ananian, the Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on
0: automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open, but I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey-oh, hey, welcome. Ronnie. And the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. But if you're a regular, you already know that. That 855-560-9900 is the phone number. It's also the 24-7 phone number. Give us a call, and we'll talk to you about your car problem, whatever it is. And we'll also, we have it set up there that you can leave a message at uh, 855-560-9900, that toll-free number. You can leave a message, and we will call you back and put you in queue for the following live show. We are on the network Saturdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. We go out to the 80-some-odd affiliates carrying the Car Doctor across this great country of ours. But we're also streaming this radio show via Cardoctorshow.com, which is uh, actually coming out on a main server sitting down to the left of my foot here, actually, in the studio. And um, you can pick up the radio show that way. Uh, also, via Cardoctorshow.com, you can get out to tune in, iHeart, iTunes, Google Play, and uh, take the show wherever you want, however you want, podcast it, subscribe to it. Um, and listen, due to your heart's content, because we're just here to try and help you fix a car. That's all this radio show is about, and that's all it's ever been about, and all it ever will be about is I'm um, just trying to find the best solution to the problems that just, you know, every time we fix one, ten more problems come up, because we're driving giant computers, and that's really the name of the game. 2001 was probably a great year. I don't remember it too well. Uh, there was a lot of things that happened in my life in 2001 as well as yours, 9-11. Um, uh, you know, there was a TV show and things like that. There was also moving the shop in 2001, 2002. But I think 2001 for me, after this week, will make me think back at how it's, it's the simple things that help you fix a car. 2001 F 150 came into the shop at Aria Automotive this week, and it had been around the mill. Everybody had worked on it, picked at it, poked at it, and done their thing. It had an expired New Jersey inspection sticker from June of 2015. So that's about a year and a half in my book, and nobody was able to figure out why this engine had a misfire on cylinder number seven, which kind of boggles my mind. Maybe they couldn't find number seven. Maybe they couldn't count that high without taking off, I guess their hands would give him more than seven digits but i'm not really sure what the problem was car had a misfire p0307 it was plain as the nose on your face taking around the block this truck just didn't run worth a hoot it had limited mileage on it it had 17896 miles on it it was a 2001 do the math it's uh, going like a 1000 miles a year and for the most part for the last year and a half the the owner was well. I can just drive it locally and slowly, and I'm not really going far, and it's only a little miss, and nobody ever pulls me over. I, you know, I don't get too many looks at it. But now the inspection sticker is getting to be quite old, and I've got to do something. I don't know. It was pretty basic to me. Yeah, it had a P0307. I pulled the coil out. Took the well. Actually, first things first. Obviously, I did scan it for codes. I did a couple of things. I scanned it for codes. Um, and then using my Launch X431 Pro my scan tool the night the, the neat thing about Launch is they emulate factory software and contained within it they had the ford running compression test test which I was able to do and verify that mechanical compression was good and i then ran around there was a little there's a and it was the neatest little thing. I purchased it from the boys over at Technician Service Training from Jerry Truly and the group. It was about three hundred bucks. It's a small handheld device. I can't think of the name of the brand. I'll have to get it up on Facebook. And it basically it's a it's a it's a it's a little pocket scope with an inductive pickup. I went around. I tapped the top of each coil. Firing, 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 but a real short burn time. And gee, where's the issue? Is it the coil? Is it the plug? took the coil out, which I kind of knew it was going to be the coil or the plug on number seven because it was the hardest spark plug to get to. It always is. It was buried under the fuel pressure regulator on the driver's side. But I took the coil, and I swapped it with a different coil, and I pulled the plug out thinking I would swap the plug with another plug, and I'm looking at it, and I'm just, you know, gee, is that a crack? Is that a crack in the porcelain? And I'm dragging my... Thumbnail across it, just looking to see if I scratch it. What does it look like? Sure enough, a crack in the porcelain. Changed the plug. Put it back together. Scoped it again. The coil from number 7 was now showing a 75,000-volt KV spike, where the others were running normally around 28 to 30. Pulled it back out, looked at it, couldn't see a reason why. Popped another coil in, it's fixed. Truck never ran so good. Now, part of the repair, I figured 2001, 17,000 miles. Let me get out Ford IDS, the Ford dealer level tool, and start to look at software files. And just about every module on the truck, as you can imagine, was required to be updated. And there was a couple of calibration update files for the PCM. There were some that were over on top of each other. Did all those. And darned if that truck doesn't run great, and darned if that truck doesn't run better than it ever did. And the point of it was, a year and a half, countless efforts, everything from you need a catalytic converter to an engine to a bad cylinder to a mass airflow sensor to, and so on. And it was just basics, man. Just just follow the basics. Just use that thing between your ears God gave you and think about it a little bit. You know, um, like my college professor said, keep it simple, sir. And um, there's another abbreviation for that, but we don't use that here on air because I don't I don't like that. Um, but in any event, so um, listen, sometimes sometimes the hardest problems are fixed by the simplest solutions. And, you know, it's my question in the back of my mind is what cracked the porcelain on the spark plug? Because it was the external rib. Um, I'm wondering, is it was it a thermal shock? Was it from hot to cold somehow? It's 17,000 miles. Um, you know, short trips doesn't get used a lot. I mean, we'll never know. Um, I did make a recommendation to do all eight plugs, something the customer's going to think about. But um, and I should point out too that 2001, 2002, three, that generation Ford trucks with the 5.4L motor, that was the one where the spark plug threads are one thread short. Yeah, did I did I tell you this one? The spark plug threads are one thread short. The engineers decided they would save two tenths of a cent. And not put all the threads on there. So if you're not careful and you don't tighten the plugs, this is the one that the spark plugs blow out of the head. So changing plugs, if you, I guess nobody would at this point, but you never know. If you've got original plugs in your motor, and it's you know one of those, there's a great big advantage to changing spark plugs because the updated spark plugs do have the extra thread, the longer thread, and that one extra thread makes all the difference in the world in preventing thread failure and the plug coming out of the head, which is. Jesus, we can't even make spark plugs stay in engines. How bad is this? And you look at this industry and you say, why is it the shape it's in? So, but look at the simple and, you know, just uh, just, just think of it like that. And I promise, after the show today, um, I will post up on Facebook. Uh, I'm going to post a couple of things this weekend. I want to get the KV, the handheld KV probe, because if you're looking for a tool, is it General Pacific or General Instruments? I can't think of their name. It's, it's like a $300 scope. That's really for a handheld ignition analyzer, and it works on everything. It's a really great tool. And I want to post up the pictures. I have pictures from the 2007 Nissan Xterra that we did timing chains on last night and how it wore its way through the guides. So if you're a Nissan owner and you want to know why your engine sounds like it's, it's got a whine and why it sounds a little bit like it's a supercharger, and it's not, you want to see these pictures because it's staggering how it wore away over a quarter of an inch of nylon. And um, that's how the chains fall off and... The engines bend and you've got a big piece of junk in your driveway. So well you might have a big piece of junk in your driveway now, you just don't know it. So then again, buying a new car just means you've earned the right to throw it away one piece at a time. But eh, let's not go down that let's not go down that path because we want to try and stay positive and upbeat today. Then all those negative emails start coming in. Let's pull over and take the pause. 855-560-9900. Ron and Amy, the car doctor cruising back right after this. Welcome back. on The Car Doctor, cruising along. Let's get over and talk to Robin in the Alexandria Bay, the 2000 Saturn LS2. Robin, welcome to The Car Doctor. How can I help?
2: Um, well, I was driving my car at 55 miles an hour, and it just quit. Okay. And lost all my power. And so I pulled over, and my husband has one of those little scan tools. And he came and checked it, and it was reading a camshaft sensor. So we thought, well, we'll change that. That's not too bad right here on the side of the road. So we did that, did nothing, changed nothing. So we towed it to the shop, and they had it for an hour or so, and they said that the timing belt had gone and that it took out the engine.
0: Okay. So your question to me is?
2: I'm sorry? And
0: your question to me is? why the belt breaks? my break?
2: question is well no my question is is that possible that a timing belt could actually take out an engine
0: sure absolutely this is the 3 no. liter this is the 3 liter german motor yeah. if i remember right yeah 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 um, yeah very possible um, very possible so i mean this the, the the simple the simple answer is um did they you know and i mean there's always a chance but you know, what sort of test did they do? Did they just say, "Oh, the timing belt broke, and that's taken out the engine"? Or are they saying that they put? A, are you saying that they put a belt on it and it still doesn't start?
2: Oh no, no, no! They did no. They, what they did was they the the sensor that my husband put on. Right. They said they took it off, and they could tell by looking in that little hole that the belt had broke. Okay. Well, we we took it off and looked, and we could not see anything. I mean, we couldn't determine whether there were, that's where the belt was actually supposed to be or not.
0: Let me let me ask you this, Robin. You've been driving the car for so long, I'm sure you know the sound. When you turn the key, does the engine sound like it's cranking faster than normal? No. It sounds normal no. to you?
2: It sounds exactly, yeah, it sounds exactly the same.
0: Is this your regular mechanic where the car is? Uh,
2: no, the car is back in my driveway now. Right there, We go to them for, like, tires and brakes and inspections and stuff like that. But we had two vehicles break down in the same week. And both vehicles came back from their shop stating they both needed an engine.
0: Well, my question is, I mean, listen, it could. But what you're really, what you're really telling me is you don't have confidence in their repair or in their diagnosis. Right. Absolutely. And I think at this point somebody really needs to diagnose one or the other or both. And you know you know, part of that would be if the engine doesn't sound spinning fast, the reason it would sound funny. Usually the complaint is you know, the timing belt broke and Ron now my engine it sounds funny. It sounds like it's cranking instead of woo 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 woo. It's woo -woo. it's a little bit of a higher pitch.
2: No, it's not doing that at all.
0: Okay. No. And trust me, Tom will put that in the highlight reels for next week's open. I know he will.
2: Um, and when and I did call the GM dealer, to talk to them about, um, you know, what the diagnostic would cost and, and what it would cost me if it was a timing belt and yada, yada. And uh, they, they asked me if I heard any um, unusual noises. And, like, I, I guess it has a chain. I thought it was a timing belt, but GM is telling me it's a chain, and I heard no noises when my car quit. When it cut out and stopped, it, I mean, I lost all power. There was no, it, there was no like thrashing or anything like that that would tell you that something had snapped.
0: Right. You know well, what I'm and and whether it's chain or belt, if it sounds like it's cranking normally, you mm-hmm. know. I, I, my question is: Okay, what makes them think it's what makes them think it's one or the other, or both, or or or, or whatever the case might be? Um, y- right. You know, it's it, did they charge it for the diagnosis? God, I hope not. Oh yeah,
2: oh yeah. <laughs> it was like one hundred and forty dollars, and the GM dealer said it's like ninety nine, and they do an extensive. Diagnostic, so I guess I should have just towed it there in the first you place. You
0: know what? Let's tow let's tow it to the GM dealer for a hundred bucks. What's another hundred bucks at this point?
2: Right. See that's what I was figuring. You know, and I and, thought I'd ask you what you thought. You know,
0: just tell your husband you're not going out to eat for the next three nights and um
2: <laughs> you, 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 you're
0: gonna get the car diagnosed. It's gotta be
2: it's at least you'll have
0: peace of mind. All right. Right.
2: I mean I I hate to send it to the junkyard because it's right. only got eighty thousand miles on it. Right. It's not. It's not the plastic-bodied Saturn. It's it's metal. It's steel. Right. And it, she doesn't have any rust. I mean, I love the car. We just put like four hundred into the AC this summer to get it fixed. So, the it just,
0: the, the I'm qu- just
2: really grappling with what to do. Uh,
0: you know what? I've I've wasted more than a hundred dollars at a clip in my lifetime on numerous occasions. So right. you, you know right. what? For a hundred bucks, it's worth the shot. All right. Um, the the one, the one comment I will make, however, is I always play the what if game. If we were standing at the counter at the shop and you were, you Mm -hmm. had the car towed in and I didn't know you and you know, Hey Ron, can you do this? I'd be like Robin. I'll diagnose it. All right. And you know, whether, whether it's a timing chain, an engine, a fuel pump or whatever. Okay. Right. Let's call it a thousand dollar repair just for giggles. right. All right let's right. say it's a thousand bucks would huh. you would you put a thousand dollars into that car?
2: See that's where i'm at where's See, your would if it would have been, been just like a sensor or something like that, I probably would say yes right but the car is sixteen years old right and even though it doesn't have very many miles on it and the body is in really really good shape, they said a timing belt would be sixteen hundred.
0: Well, and here's here's my argument against Saturn, okay? The problem I have with fixing anything on a Saturn over 100 bucks. so it's a good thing the dealer's only charging you $99, because at $101, i would have to think about this, um, right. is it's an obsolete car. The car line doesn't right. exist. It's been gone for what? How long has Saturn gone now, six years? Seven years? I
2: don't know. I, probably, yes.
0: Right. Probably, yes. So, you know... I think you're, you know, seven years. This car is clearly at the point where I can't get parts for cars seven years old or older. A car that's tw- right. A car that's twelve right. years old or, or, or you know, um, I'm sorry, sixteen years old. Yeah,
2: sixteen.
0: You know would I put? Okay. What I put sixteen hundred dollars into this? Uh,
2: no, no.
0: You know, no,
2: I. No, I can't. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would have to think twice. I'd have to because here's the problem. Here's the what-if game. You ready to play what-if? Yeah, you
2: fix it, and then what, what's
0: next? Right. Robin, your car yeah. needs your car needs $1,600 of widgets, and you go, okay, fix it. And I always say, and what if three months from now the transmission fails? What would you do? Yeah. And the answer is?
2: Yeah. Junk it. Right.
0: So, you know,
2: so Send it's it – However –
0: However, if you don't give it to the dealer for $99 worth of diagnosis, all right, I guarantee uh-huh. you every day from now for the next three years, it's going to haunt you.
2: <laughs> yes, well, you're very right. You're all right? very right. Because
0: it's human nature. You want to know what you're dealing with. So I say spend 100 bucks. Why not? Spin the wheel. Take the shot. You never know. At the very least, if they tell you it's something other than a timing chain, you'll get back your $140 from the other shop that couldn't diagnose it. And with the extra $40, you can take your husband out to dinner at a fast food place. Robin, good luck to you. I'm running in in the car, doctor. I'll be back right after this. I want to come in. I like this song. Wait, I want to listen to Shaft. Talking back, chef Hey, Ron and Andy in the car, Doctor. Well, come on now. This is a great open. Wait, wait for it. It's coming. This is the best part. Let's see if Tom went all the way. Here it comes. Yeah, okay. It goes away. See, you, you cut out the best part, Tom, where it comes on with that ba boom ba boom Anyway. I can
1: modify that uh, bump to uh, come yeah. up with that. Car can you there? come
0: out with the bump? You know, one, one, one of the funniest scenes on TV, this is unrelated to cars, but tough. One of the funniest scenes on TV is that episode of Two and a Half Men, where they're all sitting around the apartment lamenting about being single and alone without wives and girlfriends. And Charlie goes out, and he comes back a half hour later after his girlfriend throws him out. And the four actors, I can't think of their characters, but it's Alan, the pizza delivery guy, the football player, and, um, oh, who was the tall actor that married Alan's wife? Um, the guy who was on, whose line is it anyway, the comedian? And they're all sitting there, and they're all they're all um, doing barbershop uh, harmony of Shaft, the theme from Shaft. That is the funniest scene. I laugh every time. I Anyway. This car. This is a show about cars, but you know. Tony and I will
3: start practicing.
0: Yeah, let's. Uh, we need a fourth, so we're going to have to get somebody in to, uh, to 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 be the tenor. Lucy, the pit bull. Lucy, we'll the her. pit bull. Yeah, that'll work. Let's get on over and talk to uh, Matt in Columbus, Ohio. Matt, I'm sorry you had to hear that, but um, you know, sometimes I just go off on tangents. How can I help you today, sir? Hi, uh,
3: Ron. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Thank you. Seventy-five Dodge Monaco, and. What I'm trying to do is replace the fuel tank, which is leaking, and the fuel line, which is someone had just put like a 516th rubber hose for a fuel line. So I'm trying to replace that. And um, my question is, on the fuel tank, there are, there are three inlets in the fuel tank. There, there's a, the feed going to the engine, and then there's another one, which I'm guessing is a return line, and then there's another one on top.
0: Is this is this carbureted lean burn or is this was this injected in seventy five? I'm trying to remember.
3: oh it's carbureted, run, Uh and whoever had the car before me had they put an Edelbrock and a new intake on it. It's a four hundred big block engine.
0: Okay. Okay, and you no, go ahead.
3: Yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out. Um, how I should route this fuel system with the with a return line, and I'm trying to figure out what that that third hole in the fuel tank is, is for. Do you think it's factory, Matt? No, it's definitely not. So the fuel tank is factory. The fuel lines are definitely not, but it looks like they've been torn out long ago. So I'm not sure what. Exactly
0: so somebody, what so know. somebody, so somebody modified it and added this.
3: Yeah, but the the original the fuel tank looks to be original okay so, so and I, i'm not sure what i'm not sure what size line i should feed the engine with and in what size line should i use a different size for a return line Well, it's it you know matter. it's
0: it's 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 for a carburetor you're, you're just going to make this a 400 you're going to leave it as a 400 just you're, you're going to put a what are you going to do for induction you're going to take the edelbrock off you're going to put a factory setup back on it try and find that are you just going to put a a four barrel manifold with something else on it and be done
3: I'm going to leave the the two barrel uh, Edelbrock that's on it. Okay, I'm going to try to leave that on it.
0: Okay, so you know 516 fuel line should be more than enough as far as a feed okay. and a return. Make do what do whatever do whatever's comfortable. All right, simply simply because a return's not going to matter if you make them both five If you have too big of a return line, I don't see a harm in that. All right. Um, uh, my question. My question is, where does the return return from? I've I, I don't think I've ever seen a carburetor with a return line on it.
3: That was my question, too.
0: Uh, yeah, I, you know, it, unless, well, unless it went to the fuel pump, I guess it would have come to the pump. What does the pump have? Where does the return line go? Does it go to the mechanical pump? or?
3: It goes to the mechanical pump, and the, the, it's just a, a, a basic mechanical pump that just pumps from the tank to the engine. There's right. no other return
0: could could um, this? There could... are
3: filters. There, there are filters that uh, there's three nozzles on them, and I'm was guessing that the third one is for a return.
0: Okay, maybe th- maybe that's it. What is it? A frame? What is it? A frame mounted filter?
3: Uh, not really. It's just oh. kind of
0: hanging there. Okay, so the filter, if I remember right, factory wasn't the filter. Gosh, seventy five. I graduated high school in seventy four. So we're going back a little bit here, fellas. Um, if I remember right. Wasn't the filter for this under the hood, and there was a return line coming off the filter, and it went back that way.
3: There is a set. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, well then, let's try it. Let's listen. You know what? Fuel pressure is fuel pressure. All right. Um, if if I would try and keep this simple, I wouldn't overcomplicate this. All right. And first thing I would do is, if I have the option, I would run the engine on a, a single feed, no return, and cap the two lines at the tank and see what happens. Put a filter on it with it in and out. Maybe you don't need. It. Maybe you don't need a return line. I'm not sure what the engineers were thinking at that point. You know, trying to emulate emission controls from 1975 may not have any value at this point in the game. It's not. A, it's not a stock carburetor. It's not a factory setup at this point. Correct? I'm making an assumption.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nothing seems to be factor anymore.
0: Right. You know, we we know we know a 516 fuel line with a fuel pump that delivers between 3 and 6 PSI yeah. is going to get it to run. What we don't know, all right, what we don't know is are you going to have any issues with fuel boil off, heat soak, and hot restart, and issues like that in hot days. But you may have that with a mechanical pump regardless. Okay? Right. And perhaps the return line, they were trying to use the return like they are on newer cars to help cool down the fuel temp in the tank by putting a cooler fluid in it, routing along the frame frame rail and using it like a miniature radiator convection, give off the heat exchange type of an issue. All right? Yeah. But before we get too complicated, wouldn't it make sense just to let's just make a an in and an out and be done with it and see what happens? Yeah,
3: that's what I was gonna do. You know, you
0: you you, you, okay. you, you can't go wrong with simple Matt. No. You know? And and then okay. you know, you may have to, just saying, um, because part of the issue is let me let me tell you the story this way. A friend of mine has an eighty six 86, 87, 87 GMC Suburban with a big block in it. And we're still working on solving his fuel vapor problem that we've actually put a me- an electric pump in and replaced the mechanical pumps because we're finding that none of the mechanical pumps from the manufacturers seem to work well with today's fuel. The, the, the boil-off rate has changed a lot in 30 years. So in 40 years, you can imagine, you know, we're dealing yeah. with a whole different clientele. Um, right. Jeff found out, we, we found out an electric pump in conjunction with the mechanical pump running the electric pump at a very low volume worked. Now, again, big block, a lot of underhood temperature, big exhaust pipes, a lot of chassis temperature. A lot of factors are, are affecting this, okay, and created this situation. I don't know that you're going to have that. And I'm not saying do an electric pump yet. I'm just saying start small and think your way around the circumference of the problem and just take it one step at a time and write down everything. This worked, this worked, this worked, this worked, and go from there. Um, right. If it were mine, I'd run 5 sixteenths line. I'd make it as pretty as I could temporarily. I'd, I wouldn't worry about a return. I'd just put a good filter in it, drive it, and see what happens. Okay. Does that makes sense? Yep. You know? Um this this was a lean burn car at one point, wasn't it? Or was it not?
3: I'm really not sure.
0: Um what do you have for an air cleaner?
3: Just a just an Edelbrock air okay. cleaner that sits on top of the carburetor. Is
0: is there a bunch of wiring harness somewhere that you don't know where these connectors go?
3: There That's, that's a good question. Uh yeah, there's there's lots of wiring and and vacuum tubes which uh, i'm not really sure where they go but i'm thinking a lot of them are for the admission uh the the admissions i mostly vacuum tubes i don't know where they go i'm actually not really wiring so that's what i can think okay
0: if you find Um, you know if you find a couple of i don't remember the exact number 12 18 gang connector harnesses up around the top of the air cleaner area and you don't know where they went then this was a lean burn car back in the day and you know that's you're never going to find the connection. I don't remember when that was. That was that was mid '70s somewhere. Um, but listen, it's an internal combustion engine. Keep it simple. Make it simple. Keep it simple. It'll go simple. Period. So let's start small and work our way out. All right, sir.
3: All right, I'm going to try. It. Thanks. All right. If you, you, if
0: you need me, you know where to find me. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Good talking to you. I'm Ron and the car doctor, and I'll be back right after this. Welcome back. We're on the need the car doctor, 855-560-9900. Remember, that phone number, 855-560-9900, is 24-7. Car doctor uh, is always there. You can leave a message, and we will call you back and get you in the lineup for the next live show, Saturdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. So, But anyway, um, yeah, Tony's saying, hooray, yay. So Tony's anticipating the Giants winning tomorrow, which isn't going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> no. John, Tampa, Florida. I think that's Tampa, Florida. Um, how can I help you, sir? Uh,
1: yes. um, I got a 1983 Camaro that I'm currently restoring.
0: Okay,
3: had
1: it over 15 years and uh, ripped the motor out, and that's currently uh, being built. And uh, I'm having a hard time with the motor mounts. And uh, the motor mounts are underneath the, the chassis, obviously, in between the Uh, The lower control arms, like kind of inside uh, by the lower control arms, and I'm having a hard time getting to it. Uh, My neighbor across the way, who's kind of an old-school motorhead who's been around the racing circuit his entire life, telling me I just don't have the right tools, but I can't see how any tool would be able to fit in there unless it had like four or five different angles to it. Um. When
0: when you say motor mounts, John, if the engine's out of the car, yep. are are you talking about the rubber mount, or are you talking about the pad that the mount attaches to on the chassis?
1: Well, there's uh, the 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 rubber mount is in between like a, a metal housing,
0: right? And that
1: whole thing comes off like the metal housing with the rubber mount inside it. Like it, co- it comes all as one, as a as a part. They don't sell just the rubber part inside the metal housing.
0: Right, but doesn't the the motor mounts? What engine was this? Was this the five liter carbureted or tune port?
1: Well, it was a five liter carbureted. Okay. Uh, I ch- I changed it out to a three fifty.
0: Okay. Um, but you're still using so. the same basic mounts.
1: That's correct.
0: Well, so doesn't the rubber mount is rubber with a metal back and that's three bolts it bolts to the block and then there's a cross bolt that goes through that mount that goes to the brace on the frame, right?
1: That's correct, yeah. So what are you The tra- brace on the frame is Go ahead. I'm sorry. The the brace on the frame is what is what I'm uh, I'm looking to replace.
0: So you're looking to replace the brace on the frame. That's correct. Why?
1: Uh, well, I was told that the rubber in between the brace is is no longer good and needs to be replaced. And uh, they don't just sell the rubber part; you got to buy the whole housing uh, with the rubber.
0: Can you take a picture of that and email it to me? I sure can. Yeah, Ron at CarDoctorShow.com. Take a couple. Okay. of Take a couple yeah. of pictures. Let me see this before we. I, d- be- I definitely. Yeah, before we before we go and reinvent the wheel here, make Swiss cheese out of milk.
1: Sure. All right. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely uh send you a picture of that. Uh, All right. There's only three bolts holding it in and uh and uh I can get one of the three and that's about it.
0: Right. Um so. Yeah, send it to me from both sides. Give me his – give me as give me a, you know, don't send me 50, but if you can give me three or four pictures different angles and uh I'll get sure. you, I'll get you an answer of what you're I think I know what you're trying to do and I think you may be you may be going the long way around the barn, but let's find out.
1: Because every every video I've seen, uh, someone's had the uh, the tool that compresses the the spring for the right. shock. Right. Right. And uh, and then you unbolt the two bolts to the lower control arm, and then you can access it that way.
0: Right. And you may have to go yeah. through that, but let me let me see what it is we're chasing, and then we'll go from there. Ron at Cardoctorshow.com. All right, John, I got to go. The clock's going to take me. All right. All right. Sounds. Cool Beans. All right, 8555609900. I'm coming back right after this. Welcome back. We're on the The Car Doctor. Boy, where'd this hour kind of go from? It uh, just sort of rolled by. I think the way I'm going to leave this hour was an opening rant about oil and uh, all that that entailed. And I think I just want to hit the points again that, you know what, I, I think cars today are still about maintenance. And it doesn't matter whether you're driving a 2017 or a 1997, they still require upkeep and care. So, you know what? It's. I was reading this morning in the news talking about how the, the most of the United States is going to be hit by a sub-zero cold belt, cold wave uh, for the next week. And it'll be interesting to see how many cars don't start and how many batteries that are marginal that won't work and whose antifreeze isn't going to be right. And You know, my point is that I don't think we are taking care of cars. You know, we're being lulled into this false sense of security. And I think that a lot of you are just waiting until it breaks. And I realize money's an issue, but you know what? It's not a lot of money to at least have some kind of a plan and to look at maintenance. And maybe if I was going to give you a nickel's worth of free advice as I close this hour, it would be to get out your records, if you have any, and get out your owner's manual, if you have one, or at least go talk to your mechanic and say, hey, what do you think my car needs? Your trusted mechanic, I should point out, somebody that you can count on. So that you're not counting on somebody looking to sell lawn furniture based on, buy lawn furniture based on his commission, but somebody you can trust. At least have that conversation. Um, we're going into winter, folks. People die in snowstorms, and cars that don't start and cars that get stuck on the road are in a dangerous situation. And you know what? Just it's about maintenance, and it's about proper care. So forget this. I want to drive the oil until it turns into goo stuff. Uh, you know what the manufacturer says 10,000 miles when all they're trying to do is sell you another car in five years so let's get out of that let's get back to doing maintenance and get back to basics i'm ron Anady and in the car doctor the mechanics aren't expensive they're priceless see ya